Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside my good friend who I haven't been able to catch up with for quite a while from the Technical Foul podcast, Camille Davis, uh, regular on the show. Camille, it's been too long. Before I bring you in, everyone is waiting for this. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Just go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. But Camille... I was about to start this episode by singing happy birthday to you. Now, I, I, know, I, <laughs> I know I messaged you on the weekend. I, I was late on your birthday, but I, I, you know, better late than never. But now on the podcast, it was your birthday on the weekend. So happy birthday. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I was going to sing. And the reason why I wasn't going to sing happy birthday <laughs> is because we've discussed this, but we haven't had a chance to, to really discuss this since I watched it. But Last Chance You, I don't know if you're, for anyone that, that watched Last Chance You, the basketball version of this. I loved it. I finished it about a month ago now. And there was that part in the show, in the episode where they, they sung, they, like they were going to sing like the, the traditional happy birthday or whatever. And then they were like, they were all like getting into the like, guy. Nah. Like you don't do that. So I, I didn't want to embarrass myself tonight by singing that version of happy birthday. <laughs> the Stevie wonder version is the only version of happy birthday we sing. Right, right, right. By the way, uh, Camille and the Technical Foul Podcast did do a, an episode on Last Chance You, so you should check that out. And if you haven't seen the show, I'm just going to plug the show right now. It's, uh, it, it was awesome. I really, really mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed that. Uh, as far as the Bucks go, I've, Game 3 is coming up here tomorrow. It feels like we've had to wait far too long for this game. The whole two nights off is, is too much for me, Camille. <laughs> I had the same feeling. For some reason, I was on Twitter yesterday saying, like, I can't wait for tomorrow's game. And then finally <laughs> someone was like, Tomorrow's not Thursday. And I was like, oh, my God, it, it's not Thursday. I've, I'm really excited for game three in Miami. Really, really excited. So it's a 6.30 tip. I've just checked the injury report. May as well get that out of the way. There's nothing on there for either team. Victor Oladipo and Thanasis, the only players that are still reported, which has been the case so far this series. Miami are going to have about 17,000 fans in this arena. And yeah, we, we mentioned it. And I think that you even tweeted it, Camille, the fact that, Maybe the victory lap has been a little bit early. Now, I referenced this on yesterday's podcast, and to be fair, I, I do enjoy it. I like seeing it. I feel like, in general, Bucks fans have been too negative over the last, really, two years, ever since they lost to Toronto. It's felt like it's been a big downer on the internet when it comes to the Bucks. But, geez, they've come back over the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, Bucks Twitter has been uh, boisterous. Like, they are, <laughs> they are letting every Heat fan hear it. I saw the whole beef with like the Locked On Heat podcast and I was like, wow, this is this is really going crazy. And I made a tweet where I was just like, I think we're just celebrating a little too hard. Like there's a little bit too much trolling for me, for me personally. I am of the uh, train of thought where I like to, you know, I don't like to count my chickens until they hatch. I would rather have the victory in hand, but don't get me wrong. 
I am saving a lot of different memes. I'm, I'm favoriting some things I want to come back to uh, <laughs> once the series is over because I do believe the Bucks will win this series. Well, I think game three is the game. And, you know, I mean, obviously we don't want to bring up the Toronto series too much, but we saw, you know, if we're being real, we see how a series can change. And the reality is that the Bucks did what they should do. They won at home. Now they go on the road and you know that you're going to have to take a few punches here. Like I can't sit here and believe that this Miami team is going to be that lifeless offensively. And I know game one, they got, they got some shots from Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic was a problem, but particularly Bam Adebayo and, and Jimmy Butler. I mean, they're averaging 25 points between them so far in this series per game, 25 between them, not each between them. I can't believe that that's going to continue. Yeah, I don't think that's going to continue either. I think once they're back home to able to get, you know, what we always talk about with the Bucks players where it's like they get home and they're able to be with their family, sleep in their own bed, have their crowd back. That crowd is what's, uh, what I'm looking forward to the most because one thing I'm going to keep my eye on in particular is Giannis's free throw routine because mm-hmm. we've watched how it's evolved over the season and now he's come to the one that takes 10 seconds, give or take a few, there (laughs) and he hasn't really had to go through that routine with a crowd that was really really against him yet and given how long the routine is I have I'm just a little worried that uh it might shake him a little bit I'm hoping it doesn't I'm hoping this new routine you know helps but uh, that's what I'm looking forward to I'm really looking to see how he reacts to that crowd yeah, it's been a fascinating series for Giannis so far. If you just look at the raw numbers, 28.5 points, 15.5 rebounds, um, you know, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, he is only 22 for 50 from the field, one for, one for 10 from three, and then 12 for 20 from the free throw line. So I, I think it's, it's fine to expect that once you get to the postseason, the efficiency isn't going to be where it normally was. And if you just count the, the two-point shots, um, it's still well below what we've come to expect from him in the regular season. Now, that's fine. Again, even with the personnel changes and we've noted them, I don't think Miami is as well equipped to handle Giannis as they have been in the past. And even watching that game yesterday with Phoenix and LA, I was just looking at Jay Crowder and I'm just thinking, this guy, I mean, this guy, if he's on the Miami team, it just feels like it would swing the whole series. But nonetheless, they still do have a bunch of big bodies. And they've made it difficult for Giannis at times. But I think if you are looking for upside, it's right there as well. Giannis is going to have a game this series where he's 12 for 16 from the field or 15 for 20 Mm -hmm. from the field. Like, you know it's coming. And if he does, I mean, the Bucs haven't got that yet. Yeah, and they've they've won two games with the way he's been playing, which isn't to say that he's necessarily playing bad. It's just that we know Giannis can offer more at the same time. But this Miami team is not the same one as last year. And I made it a point to point out the fact that this Bucks team is far different than the one that we had last year as well. And we both know that a series doesn't even really begin until a road team gets a win. So I'm looking forward to the Bucks grabbing at least one of these on the road in Miami and going from there. I think the first quarter is key because – yeah, we saw what can happen to a team on the road just a couple of nights ago, and it was in Milwaukee's favor. But again, you know, we make jokes about the crowd and the fact they won't even be in there for the first quarter. But <laughs> if they start hitting threes early, if Jimmy Butler or Bam start to feel it a little bit early, then the Bucks are really going to have to ride out that storm. So I think if they go in to the, the end of the first quarter or the half with a lead, no matter where it is, and I think they would have weathered that storm, I think the start of this game is going to be pretty critical. I would definitely agree with that. We've seen the Bucks in the past get punched 
theoretically in the mouth and not respond too well to that, I think this team is better equipped to punch back. And we saw in game two when things were even getting chippy, they didn't really lose their composure too much, which I was very impressed by. They kept it together, even though Bobby Portis got that, as he said, the weakest tech (laughs) of his career, which I'd have to agree with. I mean, he didn't really do too much to really warrant that tech, but yeah, I think I think this team is really ready for this and that they're built for it. And I haven't felt that level of confidence about this team ever because I've always felt like they kind of were missing a little something. I thought they still had the talent to win the past two years for sure. But this team just really feels different. The mentality of the team, the build, the makeup of the team, how they play, everything about this team just seems like they're really focused and that they know what they need to be doing in order to get to where they're trying to get to. All right, Camille, it's rockauto.com time now. Uh, The family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years, uh, they've been sponsoring us for a long time on this show. We love those guys over at rockauto.com. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, which let's be honest, in these times, even though things are on the, hopefully, on the road to uh, getting better, you want things delivered to your door. You don't need to be leaving the house. And at rockauto.com, you can do that because the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. So you'll quickly be able to see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So the toughness, I think, is a big point that you make. Like, I think it's very visible when you watch this team that they have a different persona than what they've had in a playoff series gone by. I think the third quarter, as you pointed to, was a great sign of that. I think that Miami was legitimately testing out the Bucs to see if they could intimidate them a little bit. And, you know, especially for Trevor Ariza, he probably went to bed that night and was thinking, well, I, I've tried everything I got now. I mean, I, <laughs> they throw me out there on Giannis. Like, can Spolstra, like, throw me a bone here and not leave me on Giannis? Because this is, I'm, I'm having nightmares about this matchup. But you, we talk about the guys they have, and, and Drew does it in a very understated way in terms of his physicality, in terms of his leadership. But PJ Tucker, we haven't spoke a lot about him in this series, because I think, as is going to be the case with him, the impact that he has doesn't show up on the box score. I mean, that, you know, that's not what PJ Tucker is. That's not what he's ever been. He'll hit the odd corner three. That's fantastic. I thought he made a nice play the other night where the Bucks are winning by 25 points. He could have easily shot a three, but he was a little bit off balance. He just doesn't take bad shots. So he threw it back out to Giannis. Giannis drove, found, his, found PJ Tucker. He hadn't moved. And all of a sudden, he was open and had his feet set and knocked down the three. So... I think P.J. Tucker's impact in this series has been significant, even again, if, if it's not going to show up. Just what he does defensively, his communication, Brooke Lopez was talking about that today, the fact that he's just always talking out there. He's letting these guys know where they need to be, what they should be doing when they make a mistake, uh, what they did wrong. Uh, he, he's been a huge addition. And, and I think because of everything else that we're seeing and all the noticeable changes, he's flying under the radar uh, for what he's played so far, 18 minutes per game. I would definitely agree with that. I mean, even listening to some of the media that the Bucks players have been doing and then talking to PJ, and I think it might have been Eric uh, who asked the question about 
which like communicating with, you know, some guys are a little bit more quiet. And he brought up the fact that like, you know, Chris is quiet. Giannis is quiet. Bobby really doesn't talk at all when he's on the court. He's like, and if I'm out there, I'm talking for everyone. And just having that level of communication is so key to help guys get into positions where they need to be, especially on defense when they're playing that more switching style of defense making sure that people are actually getting to where they need to get to. And you're going to hear PJ's mouth and that level of like quarterbacking the defense is so, it's so crucial. It's really crucial. And like you said, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. You won't see how many minutes PJ has spent talking or <laughs> where PJ told people to get into position at, but it's evident when you're watching him play, how he's helping to direct everybody where they need to be at, at the same time. It's really fascinating because We've discussed it all season long as we've watched how the Bucks' defense has changed, how we've watched them make mistakes and at times look completely lost and confused and not understanding where they're supposed to be. And you, again, uh, I've always come back to the personnel makes such a big difference. So yes, Bud deserves credit. I think that he's, he's opened his mind to different things that he could do offensively and defensively. But I think also we need to point to the fact that the personnel is just better and more suited to the things that they're trying to do. So you add Drew Holiday, and he's obviously a very smart defender. He's said right from day one, I want to be switching. This is what makes sense mm-hmm. to me. But then in the midseason, to bring in P.J. Tucker, a guy that, as you pointed to, not only adds the, the physical ability to do it and the IQ, but the communication factor, which is such a big thing. Because a lot of the times when you see these breakdowns when they're trying to do a switch, they both just look at each other and no one's said anything. No one's spoken. They don't know what's going on. They're confused. So I think when you run lineups out there, Particularly when you do have Brooke, even if you're switching one to four and you have Brooke at the five, uh, the one guy that has never had a problem talking defensively has been Brooke Lopez. That's one thing that Mm -hmm. everyone says about him. So all of a sudden, if you do have a lineup out there with Drew Holiday, PJ Tucker and Brooke Lopez, then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident about what this lineup is going to be able to execute. And even if Chris and Giannis are the other two guys that perhaps don't talk as much, they're so physically gifted defensively and smart that it doesn't really matter. So I, I think it's a great point by you that the communication in terms of this team being able to figure it out at the right time of year and PJ Tucker coming into the team, being healthy, I think, I think it is a big deal. It is. And I think that the fact that they're starting to click now is showing that what they did during the regular season was worth it. I know there were some Bucks fans who were upset about some of the losses that we took or like, why are we playing this way? Why are we doing this? And I looked at the season and I was like, Bud's doing exactly what we hoped he would do. And he's trying different things. They're using these games to practice for the playoffs. So yeah, we, we saw that Houston game. We talked about this on technical file. So it's fresh in my memory, but we saw that Houston game where Brooke was getting switched out on the Kevin Porter Jr. And it's like, yeah, we, we can tell that the Bucks are literally just trying to see if Brooke can do this because he, he was getting cooked. Like it, it was happening, but they just wanted to see if he's able to do it. Like he's switching out onto these, these guards in some of these situations. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're testing the limits of what we can do here. And I felt like that's how the regular season went for a good part of it, where they're just throwing things at the wall, trying different things out, seeing which guys can react in which situations. And now the key part of the coaching comes into play in the playoffs. Now it's time to make the right decisions based on the knowledge that you have of what you've seen over the season, what you've seen in practice and put it into practice in, in real game. Like now is the time. So, so far through two games, Bud's been doing a pretty good job, in my opinion. Of, of the lineups, we had our, our starters, we had our big three out there playing some major minutes. I think even with the blowout in game two, Giannis is still like north of 35 minutes that he's averaging 
uh, in the playoffs, which it was a problem. <laughs> it was a problem the last couple of years with his minute load was. So it's been really cool to see things that they worked on in the regular season and which things they're keeping for this particular season or this series and what they've thrown out so far. That's been one thing that I thought was pretty cool so far. So Eric Spolstra today basically said that he doesn't think that there's an issue with lineups necessarily with Miami. It's just about the way that they're executing. So again, I mean, this is the middle of a playoff series. I didn't expect Eric Spolstra to come out and say, I'm making a change to the starting lineup. I still expect that there is going to be a change. Uh, what, what do you see Miami trying to do here? Because again, the, the problems that they're having offensively, uh, we, we can talk about the defense all we want, but the numbers we pointed out before this series indicated that Miami are not defending well. So you do get the sense if they're going to beat the Bucks outside of Milwaukee shooting the way they shot in game one, where they struggled to get to 100 points in regulation because of that shooting. If it's a, an average shooting night for the Bucks, you feel like Miami are going to have to score 115 points to win, 120 points to win. They're not getting close to that at this point. So how do they fix this? How do they get this offense unglued? What do you see? Do you see a, a lineup change? What would you do if you were Miami? It's really tough when the best player in game two was Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's tough. I honestly just don't think that this Heat team, as currently constructed, I think last year's team was better. I think them missing Jay Crowder is big. I even think them missing um, – Olenek is, is hurting them yeah, a little yeah, bit no more doubt. than they than they you know intended. And then too, I mean Miami kind of swung for the fences a little bit with a, a high risk you know uh, high reward trade getting Victor Oladipo, and they don't have Victor Oladipo, which I think was going to be a key part for their offense getting that going. And yes, of course Vic hasn't looked like the pacer Vic in a while now, but they brought him in knowing he had interest in being in Miami, knowing Miami had interest in him going forward and I thought that at the time that was a great trade bringing him in to get a couple months you know with him to see like does he actually fit with the team but now he's just on the bench so you're missing you're starting shooting guard really at this point with this Miami Heat team so it's like where are your buckets going to come from are you going to give it to Kendrick Nunn are you going to just keep trying to get Duncan Robinson free as you mentioned there's no way well there shouldn't be any way that Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo keep playing that bad but I'm thinking like if you even throw Dwayne Detman into the lineup and give him more minutes, that's another guy who can't – like he can <laughs> knock down the three every so often, but it crowds the floor even more, which plays into the Bucks' favor. So where else can you get some additional shooting at on this team? Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what they can do because I think that the Bucks are just a better team at this point than the Miami Heat. Let's talk about betonline.ag now, Camille. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. And you can get the latest odds and info for the MLB, but also for the NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. Uh, there's reality TV shows. Whatever you want, you're going to be able to find it on betonline.ag. All you have to do is head over on your laptop or your mobile device to betonline.ag to check out the great news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information as well. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on there. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And I said it right off the top, our sponsor of the show today, Built Bar, continue to be great friends of the show. And I'm very thankful for it because I'm just going to keep on going to builtbar.com and getting myself some more tasty treats for this playoff run that the Bucks are currently 
going through. So there's nine delicious flavors. A few of them, I'll read a few of them out. There's salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. I just read them all out. I was going to read out a couple, but I just went with all nine. I couldn't help myself. And if you don't know which one to pick, have no fear. You can get a mix box. You'll get two of each of those flavors, and then you may be able to pick out your favorite for your next order, which no doubt will be coming as well. So the offer we've got for you guys, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. They've got a size problem. There's no doubt about that. And I think that's why we've seen in, you know, in game two a little bit there that Spolster said, okay, why don't we put Deadman and Bam out there together? But I've seen some people suggesting that should be the change. And, and I'm saying bring it on. If you want to put Dwayne Deadman in the starting lineup, because let's think about this. If you're the Bucs, the, the thinking from Miami would be maybe if we put Deadman and Bam out on the floor, then Giannis has to defend one of those guys but why would the Bucks care about Dwayne Dedman? You you said it. You said it right. If Dwayne Dedman wants to score twenty points in Game Three and lead the scoring for Miami, then who cares? Like who cares? Like that. That's not a winning formula. So I think by adding a guy that yeah he can stretch the floor a little bit, but let's be honest, if Dwayne Dedman is the one shooting the threes, then you're feeling pretty good about it. So I just don't think that adding another guy that is going to want to do most of his work inside the perimeter is going to be effective for the Heat. So we'll see. Um, but I, I don't think that that would be the change because I don't think it makes a lot of sense. If I'm Miami, I'm still just putting Dragic in the starting lineup. Like the, the, the time is now to get him in there because he is a guy that the Bucks are going to respect. They don't respect Kendrick Nunn. They're not worried about what he's doing offensively. So if you put Goran Dragic in the starting lineup, then it does force the Bucks to uh, defend that pick and roll in a different way. And it puts a lot of pressure on Brook Lopez. And maybe then... Bam is a guy that can free up a little bit offensively and, and get some touches. So I would be putting Goran Dragic in the starting lineup if I was uh, Miami. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, the, I mean, it, it does just feel that physically the Bucks have the advantage at every turn. And that's why a, a move like Deadman into the starting lineup is even thought of because they think they have a size problem, which they do. And I think it's a good point you make about Kelly Olenek. And, uh, Olenek, and this was... You know, the kind of the unfortunate thing of your Miami about the, the Oladipo trade because right now they just don't have a five that they can put out there that can stretch the floor. And, and that's what Olenek did. And you can mm-hmm. play him alongside Bam. And then all of a sudden you're asking questions of the Bucks' defense out on the perimeter. Uh, they haven't got that right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's different personnel. The, the amount of guys that have moved out, Olenek was a key player in certain parts last year. Crowder, we know. Derek Jones Jr. even came in and, and made some impact plays. He's a guy that flies mm-hmm. around. So they've just lost a lot. And, and I, I, the only move I can see them making is Dragic into the starting lineup. Yeah, that goes back to getting them some more offense because that's right. where you yep. would get it from. Um, he's the only player on their bench I think they could answer that call. And it's not like he's, he's played bad in this series. I think he's averaging north of 20 points in this series so far. So it's like he's been getting his buckets for sure. But I'm not sure if Dragic alone is going to be enough in that situation because if you have Dragic out there, who like you're going to have him just try to match up with Drew one on one. Like there's still a matchup problem there innately with the way that that team is constructed. So even if they did that, I still think that the Bucks have it in the bag. Well, this is the problem they're facing right now. When you look at Miami and 
everyone always thinks of them as a, a stout defensive team. But you have Ariza, who we already touched on, can't do anything with Giannis. The guard, mm-hmm. the, the guards defensively are a mess. I mean, Dragic has probably been one of their best guard defender so far. And he's not known as a good defender, but he's scrappy and he'll try hard. So he at least made things difficult in game one. But again, not a guy that if he's guarding Drew Holiday, that he's not going to care. He's going to tell him to get his ass under the rim and then he's going to be shooting layups all night long. So uh, I think with Dragic and then Robertson, obviously has been picked on by Chris Melton over the course of the last year, let's be honest. And then Tyler Hero has done nothing either. So again, it does feel like a series where the Heat are going to have to outscore the Bucks or just hope they miss open threes. Uh, we'll see. The other thing that we always talk about is the fact that role players play better at home. Let's see what the Bucks can do. Let's see what Pat Connaughton can mm-hmm. do. Let's see what Bryn Forbes can do. Can those two in particular back up um, their really strong games from game two? Because those are the types of players that tip, uh, tip you over the edge. If, if they're playing well, the Bucks are probably going to win the game. Yeah, couldn't agree with that anymore. I mean, you look at game one, and Duncan Robinson went absolutely crazy in that game. And you would think, given how poorly the Bucks shot from three, that that would have been a game that Miami steals. I feel like that was their their chance to steal it, and they weren't able to in overtime. So we'll see how our bench can react. I would love to see, like, a big Bobby Portis game mm-hmm. on the road. Um, we saw what Brent Forbes did in game two, and we know when he gets going, he just give him the ball and, and watch what happens. So we'll see. I Again, I have faith. I think the Bucks will still at least one. In Miami, my initial prediction was Bucks and five, so – I kind of thought we would split this, but I feel like if the Bucks come out strong in game three and win in game three, we might actually need to break out some brooms. Well, game three <laughs> is going to be the big one. You've got to get one of these either way. And, and I mm-hmm. do think, I mean, we've spoken about pressure a lot. I do think if Miami win this game and look pretty good and figure some things out offensively, then the pressure is going to come back on the Bucks. So yeah, this is definitely a game that you just want to snuff out any hope for Miami. But uh, if they do split these games... That will mean a game five will be at Fiserv Forum. And we saw today the Bucks announced that the attendance has been bumped right up to around 17,000, which is basically a sellout. I mean, I think the capacity is just over 18. So you're talking mm-hmm. about 1,000 people. So at this point, I, I don't really know what the point is of holding out those 1,000 people. But whatever. They, they've, they've got the stats. They're getting the advice. So they know what they're doing. But the big question is, Camille, are you going to get to the game this, uh, get to a game this postseason and I guess this, the other question I have, I haven't even looked. Is it, is it just insane ticket prices right now? What, what's the deal? When I was looking at game two ticket prices, they were actually still pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, like the initial tickets were, I think, were around 80 or so and for upper level. And then like the resale had it around 100. So I was like, that's not no. outlandish to me. I was like, that's still kind of doable. But where I really wish I was on Monday, I was like, I wish I was <laughs> at the Deer District. I didn't even need to yeah. be inside the game. The energy outside the game was still amazing. So if the weather is cooperating this weekend, I definitely plan to be outside at the Deer District watching Game 4. I was going to say, Game 4 is an afternoon game again on, I guess that must be, yeah, I'm getting up at 3.30 a.m. Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. It's (laughs) going to be awesome. And we actually, Melbourne uh, just got announced today. We're on a a seven-day lockdown, so I can't even leave my house uh, for the next week. So why does it matter if I'm up at 3.30 a.m.? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, something else to do anyways, except for be in the house. So might exactly. as well be in the house watching Bugs basketball. Yeah, stuck in the house. I'm just going to podcast. I might do a 24-hour podcast in between game three and game four. Who knows? I've got nothing better to do. But Camille, it's always a pleasure. Uh, sure. I think we I think we tried to to do this a couple of weeks ago. Then things 
got caught up or something happened. But I know every time you're on the podcast, uh, I always get comments that you should be on more often. So um, it, it's always a treat for me when you find some time. In the middle of playoffs games, there's games on right now. We're going to go and watch some basketball. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be some good games tonight. All right. That's Camille Davis. You can hear her on the Technical Foul podcast uh, once a week. Uh, I believe that's once a week. Yep. Every Wednesday we drop. Every Wednesday. And uh, as far as Locked on Bucks goes, we'll be back for the post-game pod after game three. That's a 6.30 p.m. tip down in Miami. So we'll be back. Frank will be back. And we'll catch you guys after the game.